I'm Joe Dawson-Gerrard and on today's Back Your People, I'm speaking with Heather Lunny about Christmas party mayhem. We look at what the law says, the impact of alcohol and drugs, and we suggest a party plan to avoid all of the chaos. We also look at what you can do the next day and provide some case examples. As ever, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you like it, please rate and review and hit follow. So we're recording this late November and that means it's that time of year again when people are starting to arrange or actually probably finalise numbers for Christmas parties. So it should be a fun event celebrating the past year and what's to come. But more often, instead of being the most loveliest time of year for the HR team, Christmas can end up being a bit of a HR headache. So I wanted to start today, Heather, talking about what the law says about this and what people can do to avoid that HR headache. Yeah, I mean, what employers often don't realise, Joe, is that even if the event's held off-site and outside of working hours the conduct of employees at Christmas parties is generally considered from a legal standpoint to be done in the course of employment. Everybody loves a good Christmas party, don't they? Employees, they let the hair down, alcohol's added into the mix, it lowers inhibitions, and ultimately the effects of that can lead to a flurry of grievances, disciplinaries, and even discrimination and harassment allegations and ultimately the employer can be held liable for that so it's a bit like being at work it is you've got to look at it as an extension of the workplace and that's what people don't often appreciate even though it's off-site have you got any case examples of this Heather? because the law can be so dry and we don't want any dry law do we <laughs> we don't if we can avoid it yes yeah, so a recent case that was in the employment appeal tribunal in london actually involved a law firm female employee claimed that gossip about a party following a firm's Christmas party constituted sex discrimination. In a nutshell, she worked at a branch in Ipswich. She was in a relationship with a solicitor at the firm. She got pregnant by him and they had a son. At the Christmas party, she didn't know this, but she got... She was pregnant. She didn't know she was pregnant. She didn't know she was pregnant. So she'd got very drunk, if we can put it like that. And people noticed her flirting and kissing the firm's IT manager. Couple left the party together, secured a hotel room, paid for by the firm, I should add. According to the IT manager, they had unprotected sex. Fast forward a few weeks and the female employee told her employer that she was pregnant. Right. So within an hour of that, the firm's HR manager, rather unprofessionally, in my opinion, began gossiping and spreading rumours about a pregnancy and about the father of the child. Unsurprisingly, the female employee was very upset and embarrassed about the gossip and she even asked if she could transfer to one of the firm's other offices. That request was rejected. So ultimately, she decided that she couldn't work with the HR manager any longer. She filed a formal grievance. She said that the firm had allowed the HR manager to spread rumours about her without any form of reprimand or disciplinary action. And she also complained that a relocation request was refused without any due consideration. So fast forward to March and she ultimately resigned 
she'd gone off sick prior to that and then she ultimately resigned and she brought a claim for constructive dismissal, sex discrimination, discrimination on the grounds of a pregnancy and harassment. At first instance, the tribunal dismissed her claims for discrimination and harassment but upheld her constructive dismissal claim. However, on appeal, the office gossip was considered to be unwanted and caused the female employee embarrassment and upset and therefore it amounted to harassment on the grounds of a pregnancy and sex. So I suppose that's a case example of what can stem from events at a Christmas party can have knock-on effects, you know, many months down the line, can't it? And who'd have seen that coming? Well, no one. (laughs) It's not outside the realms of possibility is it there's numerous cases to be honest joe we could give you numerous examples of where an employee's been held liable for acts of sexual harassment committed you know during social events not just christmas parties but any social events away from the office because ultimately it falls within the remit of in the course of employment And I'd like also to talk not just about the kind of what we would call employees on the ground, but I bet you've got a few examples of managers ending up in hot water as well, perhaps (laughs) having a few too many drinks, maybe promising a pay rise or a bonus when they shouldn't do, might forget about it the next day, but I bet the employee doesn't. No, and and again, we've seen several cases which ultimately illustrate the danger of discussing work-related matters. Employees can often use it as an opportunity to wear the grievances about work and about the feelings or views towards certain people or management. But on the flip side, managers speaking inappropriately to employees as well. One case where a manager was discussing promotion and, and salary at an office Christmas event In that case, the employee had been promised a pay rise and that they would be put on the same salary as another colleague within two years. The employee, when that didn't materialise, resigned and claimed constructive dismissal on the grounds of a broken promise made at a Christmas party. What the Employment Appeal Tribunal said is that actually... The employer in that instance was lucky in escaping liability. And the only reason they did was because the employee had, in fact, received an increase, but only of 68% of what they'd been promised of <laughs> over the two years. That tipped in the employer's favour. But <laughs> each case will depend on its own facts, but it is possible to create a legally binding commitment during those discussions that are held when people's inhibitions are perhaps lower than they already ordinarily would be. Absolutely. Now, before we talk about sort of top tips on how to avoid this, I just also want to touch on, it's not just drink. I mean, I know that drink goes in and the truth comes out with some people, Mm. but also we need to discuss perhaps drugs, what the situation with that is. Yeah, and I think any illegal drug taking at a Christmas party has got to be looked at as a disciplinary matter. Generally, it's accepted, isn't it, that employees will be drinking alcohol and there will be alcohol involved. That doesn't extend to effectively illegal substances. Anybody that was found to be doing that should be subject to disciplinary action and it's probably sensible to make it clear 
in any sort of pre-party guidelines, which we'll come on to when we when we look at the, the tips, that isn't acceptable. So pre-party guidelines, that sounds so exciting <laughs> and the quickest way to dampen a decent Christmas party. You almost want to allow your employees to, you know, let the hair down and reward <laughs> them for the hard work over the year. There can be lots of positives stemming from, you know, work socials in terms of team bonding and enhancing relationships what you've got to keep at the forefront, I suppose, is that there's a potential for a hangover that lasts far beyond the party for employers. You know, We're laughing about it, but we know it's no laughing matter, really. But it is come on then, let's, let's get on to some pre-party guidelines, Heather. I can hardly wait. So I think, for, you know, first of all, I think it's a good idea to make clear what behaviour is acceptable, you know, and whilst you're not going to discipline staff for getting a little bit tipsy or drunk, being abusive or fighting or bringing the company into disrepute, that level of behaviour would and should be taken very seriously. It is worth setting out some sort of guidelines and, you know, we want everyone to have a good time and we want everyone to have fun but you've still got to be conscious of your behaviour because it's not what goes on at the party stays at the party. And also yeah. damaging property of wherever you are. You know, I'm, I read a story the other day about someone ab- on a Christmas party absolutely trashing the hotel room. Mm. It's just not right. It's not, it's not. It's a reflection on the company, isn't it? It's the company's reputation. The company will have organised that party with the hotel it will impact on the company's reputation. So it's all sorts of that sort of behaviour, I suppose. Other top tips? Obviously, sexual harassment is an obvious risk. Quite a few of the cases that you see arise or result in sort of sexual harassment claims. Company diversity policies and training should be clear in that, you know, inappropriate behaviour or comments won't be tolerated. And that's not just within work's time, but it does extend to work-related events. Any allegations that staff make either during or after the event, key thing to remember is to follow your usual grievance and disciplinary processes and ensure that any complaint is investigated thoroughly. What we would say is, Don't be tempted to discipline employees at the party itself. (laughs) Sounds obvious. If any inappropriate behaviour is seen at the party, send the employee home or the employees home, if appropriate, and deal with it after the event when you're back in the office. And emotions aren't running quite so highly. The other area I was thinking about is you've got to be really careful not to cause offence by the entertainment, for example, or some activity that might be planned You do. You'll have a number of different employees there. That is an important factor, isn't it? That I think probably sometimes it isn't considered necessarily. And then where do we stand on the free bar? Oh, this is an interesting one, isn't it? Because there is often a free bar. I think perhaps consider whether you limit the amount of free alcohol that you provide. I've known companies in the past where you will be issued drinks vouchers. So everybody will get three or four drinks vouchers, which enables them three alcoholic drinks and then perhaps unlimited soft drinks. Other tips would be to, you know, if you are going to have a free bar and not necessarily limit, put a cutoff point. So it's not a free bar all night. You know, if party starts at 
I don't know, five o'clock, you might say, well, the free bar will run till nine o'clock. You're almost trying to limit no shots allowed at the free bar. Yeah, I've seen that before. You can have wine or beer at the free bar. Wine or beer or spirits, but no no shots. So there's various things that you can consider. The other thing, again, that maybe it won't be relevant to any everybody, but if you've got employees that are under the age of 18, they shouldn't be excluded from attending the party. But under the law, they're not allowed to drink alcohol. So it's probably sensible and not just for the under 18s, because you're responsible for making sure, I suppose, that they don't drink on a works event. But generally, it's probably worth having a senior manager present who volunteers not to drink. They can monitor events and what's happening throughout the course of the night. And they're there to intervene if things did get out of hand. So they're almost the responsible adult. At, at the party, which I'm not sure who, who would volunteer for that. You might want to keep them anonymous, actually, because um, I don't think you would speak to them for fear of being reported the following. Yeah. And I guess, you know, as managers and people in positions of authority, they might want to think about limiting their own alcohol intake. Not to say don't drink at all, but maybe consider how much they're drinking. As we've said, <laughs> we don't want to be offering pay rises and promotions where it's perhaps not appropriate. Happy to go to that party. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all go to that party, wouldn't we? Yes. I think also, if there isn't a meal being offered, I think mm. it really makes sense to offer some other kind of snacks or food during the evening, bacon butties, anything like that, probably a bit more than crisps and nuts. So just to keep things ticking over and making sure people are not overdoing it. And then yeah. I think finally, also that popped in my mind, don't mm. let anyone drive home. No, I think there's got to be a set finish time for the event and make arrangements or ask staff in advance to make arrangements as to how they're going to get home. Perhaps order taxis in advance for people or ensure that the employees have made appropriate arrangements. What we don't want is obviously anybody, I should say, driving home under the influence for obvious reasons. And I suppose it's possible that some Christmas parties aren't for everyone. You might have one or two people that don't actually want to go. What does the law say about that or doesn't it? Well, it it doesn't really. Most parties will generally take place in the evening after work. So you can't force people to go. And you've got to respect that some employees in every workplace, we've perhaps got them in hours that just don't want to go. They don't want to socialise outside of work. And even if the event is during the working day, which some companies do, perhaps, you know, everybody gets to finish at lunchtime and the party takes place in the afternoon. If employees would prefer to work, then that should be respected as well. There isn't any sort of legal stance on that. I think you've just got to consider and respect employees' decisions. Some may object to coming on religious grounds because particularly the Christmas parties, it's a Christian holiday, isn't it? There will be staff members that don't celebrate Christmas and don't necessarily want to come and get involved. And that's fine. And that's to be respected. Now, lots of um, organisations will plan their party so that they'll have it say, on a Friday night and there won't be work on Saturday night. Mm. But within the transport sector, obviously, we've got lots of businesses who 
have seven day working path shift patterns or certainly weekend working so that won't work mm-hmm. how do you handle the morning after and the no shows heather it's difficult isn't it i think employees will be expected to behave responsibly especially if they are scheduled to work the following day it might be that you can allow for instance employees to start an hour later than normal or ask for volunteers perhaps as to who doesn't mind working the following day there's different ways of dealing with it but I think ultimately if they are due to work the next day and they don't turn up then that's a potential disciplinary matter or if they turn up over the limit Yes, which is a possibility, isn't it? Again, that will be a disciplinary matter and something probably to put in your pre-party guidelines. I know we, we laughed about well, that. Again. <laughs> you know, it, it highlights the importance, doesn't it, that employees have got to remember that they are expected, regardless of the party, to arrive at work the next day fit and able to carry out the contractual duties you know it'd be unreasonable to have some kind of post-party testing no provided you've got new drug and alcohol policies in place which provides for testing then you could potentially test people the following day when they arrive at work to ensure that they're fit particularly driving staff you would expect them to attend fit wouldn't you and that's about them knowing the limits the previous night which they should do on every social event which they will do on every social event not just a work-related event so i think we've probably done enough top tips throughout this podcast i'm not (laughs) going to ask you for three top tips at the end of this but if anyone would like heather's details they will be in the show notes please feel free to get in touch with her thanks very much heather thanks joe enjoy the christmas party (laughs) 